0: Hey, Promisers, great to see you this weekend. Every campus, God Behind Bars, we're thrilled to be with you. You're going to hear some noise. You're going to see some wind. You're going to hear some wind because we're here in Jerusalem. I'll give you a little bit more context in a minute about where we are exactly. But there's roads. We're in the middle of a valley. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that for just a minute so you know exactly the valley that we're in. You know, every day I pray for you and I pray for us. And God has begin to give me a shepherd's heart for faith promise. I believe that that shepherd's heart was birthed in intercession for you, for our congregation, and it was fanned. It just keeps fanned into a greater burden than an inferno is every day I intercede for us and what God is what God is up to. One day I hope you can come with us, October 18, our next trip here to Israel, and I hope you can be a part of that. Because it is like change to come, walk where Jesus walked, to sleep where Jesus slept, to see what Jesus saw, and to walk where the patriarchs and see all that we got to do. Now you guys know I love to have fun. I love to celebrate. I'm all about faith and fire. I'm all about man. Let's let's jump up and shout and have a great time. Positive. Love to add value to you. I love to watch you grow. I love to. I watch out there and. and as, as you connect with the word of God and the lights come on and it gives me energy it gives me unction I love it and so again I love to have fun this weekend not so much the topic and the place really doesn't lend itself to a celebratory atmosphere it's passion week it's the week leading up to Easter and for Pellissippi and Blunt and some of our campuses will literally start in just a few days, our Easter celebration, our Easter services. It's going to be a great Easter. I said last weekend, we're going to have a short film, clear gospel presentation, and usually we have a baptism weekend, we're going to we're going to carry that over to the second, to the week after Easter, and so tons of stuff happening, tons of, of great things. Last week, we talked about the second coming. We talked about people that would be left behind, people that we loved, people that we cared for, people that that we wanted to be in heaven with us but that would be left behind if Jesus came. Today, we're in an even more difficult place. This is known as the Valley of Gehenna. This valley that you see that there's some beautiful olive trees around us, there's beautiful rock formations, but when Jesus walked here, when Jesus walked up these ridges, this was the garbage dump of Jerusalem. This place was foul. It stunk. It was 24 hours of burning garbage for all those that lived in Jerusalem. The smell of smoke, of rotted flesh, of feces, of animals that were burning, dead animals that had been just rolled over these these mountains down into the bottom and the fire never went out. It just would just catch back up with all the garbage and all that stuff. If so, Jesus spoke about hell. When he spoke about the fires of Gehenna of hell, this is what he pointed to. You know, Jesus used things around him that everyone got when he taught the word of God. And so many of us don't get the, the idioms that he used or, or things he was pointing to because we have not we don't have any perspective. But this place was full of garbage. There were obviously weren't cars driving up and down. But it was full of garbage, and it was a horrible place. Everybody in Jesus' day got it. When I first came to Christ, the two topics that wrecked me last weekend, we talked about the second coming. If you missed that message, I want to challenge you. Go back and get it. the next one that we're talking about this weekend was the topic of hell it wrecked me for two solid years every night i cried myself to sleep and i would cry out oh god oh god save my family oh god don't let my friends go to hell oh god would you move and that 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 just it is so marked me it literally tattooed my spirit that i would never let up that I would never slow up, that I would never halt or hinder. I would never, I was gonna push and press and move and work and strain to do everything I could do to win everyone I could to keep them out of an eternity separated from God, which is called hell, Gehenna, the place where the fires never die, where the worm never dies. Again, crying myself to sleep because everybody I knew was going to hell when I first got saved. It was horrible. But yet, since then, one by one, my mother, my aunt, my cousins, my brothers, one by one, they've come to Jesus. And yet, the burden hasn't diminished. I'm gonna tell you why. Because listen, just because somebody's not related to you doesn't mean it shouldn't break our hearts for people that are gonna miss heaven and spend forever separated from God. I want everyone to know the joy of Jesus. I want everyone to experience the glory of forgiveness, the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, the washing of baptism, the regeneration of the Spirit of God. I want everyone to walk in that freedom. That's why I push, church. If you wonder, why didn't he slow down? This is why we can't quit. This is why we can never slow down. This issue right here, Hebrews nine twenty seven is it appointed once to die and then the judgment? And so it is, it is absolutely imperative that we simply do not give up, slow up, hinder or stop what God has called us. Now I know something, listen, I got hell's not politically correct. I know it's not a topic people wanna to talk about. Millennials? You young adults, I know that this is like sandpaper on your soul. I know that when you hear it, it it makes you feel sort of weird and you don't like it. And so you you don't want to hear it. But listen, Jesus said in the last days, men would not want to hear the truth. And they would pile up teachers that would teach what they wanted, not what God said. And so I think 35 years ago, God so imprinted, He so impressed on my heart that today, now there's another generation that really does want me to talk about this. But folks, we cannot miss the message of hell. When the church lost hell, it lost its fire. It's passion, it lost its unction. It's the engine that moves in our guts that make us beg people to be here for Easter, that makes us beg people to come to Jesus. So when you take that out, man, everything becomes, man, let's, you know, let's all, let's just be fat, dumb, and happy. There's, Don't worry about it. Even the term hellfire and brimstone is a negative term. Well that church, they just have hellfire and brimstone preaching. And I I get what that means. It's all accusatory. It's, it's, it's preaching down at, and man, we're just, I'm just trying to love on your chair, but church, listen, you hear these cars, the noise, the world is here to drown out the word of God. The things are all around us to try to to distract us, to try to turn our attention. And one thing the world wants us to ignore, the devil wants us to ignore is hell because it keeps getting populated when the people of God keep forgetting. So it is so imperative. It is so important. It's, it's old-timey. I got that. I know that. And when I first got saved, I, I never understood why some preachers would preach on hell with a smile on their face and not a tear down their cheek. I, I get it. I understand, but it's still true. You say, but, but, but pastor, you're just trying to scare people. Oh, to God, that I can scare people out of hell and into heaven. The scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I wish that I could scare people. It's, it's, it's critical. Let me give you five frightening facts, five thoughts about, about this judgment. Number one, everybody is not going to heaven. Matthew 21, Matthew 7, verse 21 and 22. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? In verse 23, Jesus says, and then I will, uh, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So it's very clear that everyone is not going to heaven. Can I tell you something? I wish this wasn't true. I wish that this topic wasn't there. Paul, the apostle, was so burdened that he actually said that he would give up his salvation if the children of Israel would come to know Jesus. He was so burdened. Church, Man, hell ought to be a topic, it ought to be a thought in heaven. Every day when we get up out of bed, hell ought to give us courage to not be afraid to share and invite. Number two, more people are going to hell than are going to heaven. He said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Again in Matthew seven, and many are going that way. Narrow is the gate that leads to heaven. Many are called, but few are chosen. There are a lot more people that are not going to heaven. And again, I wish it wasn't true. It should be such a sad, sobering truth for us. That's why Jesus said, if the homeowner had known when the thief was coming, he would have been ready. So be alert, be sober. That's what God wants us to do. Now, it's Easter's gonna be a fun, we're gonna have a great time, it's gonna be clear, but this weekend is preparation. This weekend is more for believers to understand what's going on. Number three, many who think they are Christians are not. Jesus said, the, the people would say, but Lord, we cast out demons. We already read the verse in Matthew 7. We did all these things in your name, but Jesus would declare to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. We were never related. We didn't walk together. See, people think showing up at church relates them to God. It does not. Walking with Him, knowing Him, being born again, taking on His name, following Him in baptism, putting on His uniform, not being ashamed of the gospel. I know it's not politically great. Young adults, you're probably going to be the hardest generation to stand up for Jesus than any generation so far in America because before it was fine, you could could stand. But today, there's a greater cost in America to standing up. So we have to realize, not everybody that believes that they're Christians are. It's one of the scariest verses in the Bible. Depart from me, for I never knew you. People that we know are gonna fall under this category and not make it to heaven. Number four, is there is no opportunity after death. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed a man once to die, and after this the judgment. John 3, 3, Jesus said, unless you are born again, you're not gonna enter the kingdom of heaven. And so listen guys, I used to believe when I was a kid and I'd heard about the gospel, but I wasn't a Christian, that I would see death coming and I would cry out, oh God, forgive me, save me. What a crazy thought. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Man, listen, work while it is day, for night is coming when no man can work. We've got an opportunity to open the door to the ark, to get people into the kingdom. Man, we've got to take an opportunity. It's the most important thing that we do. We've got to choose you. But the scripture says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Heaven or hell are determined on this side of eternity, not the other side. And so we've got it. We've got to choose. Jesus made this so clear. He never missed words about this. So there's no opportunity. Number five was tough. It was tough. This could be your last chance. This message. This could be our last Easter. Jesus could come. There's no telling what uh, could happen. And so we we never know the day or the hour. Luke chapter 16, verse 25. There's a story. And you know it actually, it was, I was going to use this whole passage for this message as I worked on it. God took me another direction. It's the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Both of them die. The rich man goes to hell, and Lazarus goes to heaven. He's in Abraham's bosom. And there's this great chasm, and the rich man can see heaven but he can't get to heaven. How horrible to see it, but not being able to seize it. And so he calls out to Abraham. He said, Father Abraham, I see Lazarus made it. Send him over here and let him dip his finger in water and touch the tip of my tongue for I am in agony in these flames. That's what he said. And Abraham said, sorry. Man, listen, there's a chasm fixed. And what... You can't come here and he can't come there. It doesn't work that way. But then look what he said. So in verse 27, he said this of Luke 16. Then he said, I beg you, I'm begging you, Father, that you send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they may not also come to this place of torment can i tell you what the cry of hell is the cry of hell is people that are there that don't want their family to end up there but can can i also tell you this listen it's too important to try to put off so we've got to deal with this today again today could be your last chance the most important thing we do is deal with jesus the most important thing we do is try to win our family and friends the most it should shape our lives See the rich man developed a deep burden for his family after his family was after he was in hell, and he could not affect a change in his family. He loved his family. He didn't want him to go there. This is critical. The most important deal. The most important decision. It should shape everything. It should be. <clears throat> paramount in all that we do and let me be honest could I just be like I haven't been so far can I just be raw and real I mean can I be real with you it'd be so much easier for me if we just had one campus it really would it'd be it makes it makes it so much more complicated and it's so much more stuff that we have to do so why do you do it because I don't want to wait until I get to heaven to have a burden for people that are going to hell I've got it today. And so we're going to keep adding services and sites and campuses and ministries. We're going to go to more prisons. We're going to go to more places with the gospel because it will be too late to care when we're there. Or for some of us, when we're there or here in this valley of Gehenna. You know, we we celebrate. We jump up and down that we've got 8,000 people this weekend, and I'm so thrilled about it. I believe we'll baptize 850 people this year that will come to know Jesus, and we celebrate it and we should. Let me tell you the number that gets me out of bed. 367,000 people in Knotts County alone that are separated from Jesus. See, we, we tend to separate who's in and not think about those who are not. We tend to rejoice over here with us in our holy huddle. And forget that those people will be consigned to an eternity apart from God because we were fat and happy over here in a holy huddle, and we didn't want to dirty our hands with those people who we don't like, who don't look like us, or act like us, who who don't live like us, and we said we don't want to be over there. They'll they'll make us unholy. We don't want to go over there. Folks, listen to me. If Jesus didn't want you to impact them, he would have taken you to heaven the day you got saved. He's leaving you and me. He's leaving us to go over there to keep them, to spare them, to rescue them, to win them, to love them. Why? So they'll spend forever in heaven with us. Come on church, who you bring in Easter? Who, this is what this is all about. Who are you bringing? The reason the faith promise was birthed was for this we got plenty of deeper life churches. We've got plenty of churches to do all these things for all these saints. You and I have faith promise. God called us to be an army, to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. God called us to stand up with the gospel. God called us to make a difference and make an impact. And we will not listen to me. I will never let up until Jesus blows the horn and I'm out of here as long as I'm here. We're going to make a difference. We're going to make it hard to go to hell. We're going to love people. They can hate us. They can spit in our face. They can reject us. They can reject our Jesus. But we will never quit. Somebody help me. At every campus this weekend, somebody give God a shout of praise. God, would you break our hearts? for people that are far from you. Oh God, would you open our eyes? Would you let us see what the rich man saw? Would you let us feel what the rich man felt so that he was so burdened for his brothers? While he was here, he lived in the lap of luxury, but there he realized his whole focus, his whole priority had been wrong. Oh God, straighten us, God, align us. Move and break our hearts, give us faces and names on our spirit that you're working on right now that you want us to bring to your house this Easter. Let it be done, oh God, in Jesus' name. Folks, that's what it's all about. Who you bringing? Who you bringing? Now's the time to work. Today is the day of salvation. Who you gonna bring for more Easter miracles, more resurrection celebrations? because the scripture says in revelation 20 verse 15 anyone whose name was not found written in the lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire brimstone which is the second death if you could have seen this place and smelt this place and felt the heat off this place as jesus pointed to it time and time again you do everything you could you do everything you could to bring your family and friends this Easter. Let me read a quote to you. Charles Spurgeon, and this is actually where the phrase came from. Millennials, I know you hate this phrase. Let's make it hard to go to hell. And I, I understand why you do. That's not a slam. You just don't want that to be what your lost family and friends hear. That's for us. Charles Spurgeon said this, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they perish, Let them perish with our arms around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go to hell unwarned and unprepared. That's the people that we know, church. You feel the movement in your heart right now. You feel the stirring in your gut right now. You feel what God is doing right now. See, God is trying to move you into the harvest field that Jesus said is white. He's trying to put names and faces that that you would. You say, but pastor, my family and friends are far from here, get them on the internet campus. That's why we have it. Come on, who are you bringing? Who are you gonna invite? Who are you gonna take to brunch or lunch or dinner? Who are you gonna let them know that it is, even if they don't care about it, it's so important to you and they love you that they're gonna come on Easter. I think a lot of Easter's we've invited the wrong people. I think we've invited people that are already in because they're easier to invite than people that are not. It's critical, church. It's critical. Now, I believe that we could see thousands of people come to know Jesus this Easter. Do y'all believe that? But the only way it's going to happen is if we bring them and get them under this the anointing of the campus you're at right now, the the atmosphere that you're experiencing right now, the singing that you're experiencing. We're going to do stuff just for them. Again, the film that they'll watch, and then the clear presentation that the Good Shepherd has gone after them. He loves them. He cares for them. Somebody invited you. Somebody shared with you so that you you're missing hell and you're gaining heaven. Come on, it is so paramount that we do the deal, that we invest, that we invite, that we work, that we share, that we care. This whole Bible is leading up to this. This place that's full of really some ancient olive trees. <clears throat> some of these trees look like they could be somewhere near a thousand years old. And you say, it's beautiful. It's got grass and it's flowing down in the ridges. But this place was hell. They they called this place, not just the Valley of Gehenna, but they called this place the Valley of Drums. And they called it the Valley of Drums because this is where the god Molech was set up. And not only the Canaanites who were here before the Israelites, but the Israelites moved here. God warned them. And yet they would bring their children to this valley and they would heat the hands of Molech red hot and they would lay their babies on the the hands of Molech, and those children would begin to scream out in cries, they offered their kids to a, to a fake God. And so what the people would do is they would play the drums. They called this the Valley of Drums because they were trying to drum out the cries of the children. You can you listen to me? The world is trying to, drum out, to to drum out the cries of the lost. The world is trying to drum out the cries of the people that are not going to heaven. The world is trying to drum out our burden. Our heart cry for people to miss hell and gain heaven. We're busy with our manicured lawns and our perfectly washed cars and our houses that are clean and our clothes that are pristine while the world goes to hell. Church, come on. Let's rise up and be the army of God. Who are you bringing? You say, Pastor, I've never invited anybody. This is going to be your first time. You're going to get in here with us. God is growing our congregation. Why? Because we care. Listen, God doesn't care that people kind of faith promise are already believers. That's moving checkers on the checkerboard. That's moving sheep from one from one fold to the other. What God cares about is us winning people that are separated from him. Jesus died on the cross and said, God, if there's any other way that we can be united with Him. And God said, there is no other way and Jesus died. Church, we gotta wake up. We're the sleeping giant. We gotta wake up because we can win this world. We can win your family and friends starting in just four days, three days this Wednesday at some of our campuses. Who are you gonna bring? Now some of you right now are thinking wait a minute i'm not sure i'm going oh i'm so glad you're here this weekend jesus left heaven jesus lived a perfect life and jesus allowed Himself to be arrested he allowed the skin to be ripped off his body hung on a cross until he would die and he gave up his spirit He cried out on that cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For the first time in all of eternity, God the Father and the Son were separated because your sins and mine were heaped upon Him and the sins of the world. And so what does God want us to do? Again, listen, listen. You hear the cars going by? You hear the honks and the noises? That's the world trying to distract you right now trying to draw your attention away right now, trying to make you think about what are you going to have for lunch and what's going on? Listen, come on right now, listen to things. Number one, are you going to heaven? And number two, who are you taking with you? Who are you bringing to Easter? I want to lead us in a, in a, in a prayer. Faith promise you know what we're doing. But if you're here and you're not sure you're going to heaven, today's your day. So just pray with me. Come on right now, every campus. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I'm separated. God forgive me. Jesus, you died for me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. I wanna live for you. Write my name in your book. I put my faith in you. I'll follow you forever.